Greetings, everyone, and before I begin ranting and raving incoherently, I thought I'd tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need to do it all in one place. And believe me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. And when you host through Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and even more. It has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's free. That's right, Anchor is free, and who does not like free? So if you're interested or you want to make your podcast today, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started. Greetings one and all, and I welcome you to another ludicrous car review, where we're back with more information about, well, interesting cars and news that hopefully you will find helpful and useful. So I got a lot of, some big news for you, some interesting articles, one that I found particularly hilarious, because honestly, while I'm not exactly the type to be followless, at least not yet, maybe in the future, and I definitely could picture my dad definitely doing something like this in the future, but we'll get to that in a minute. For now, we have a car to review for you all today, because Chevy has announced that there is a, going to be a new look for the new Colorado. The Colorado has been a car that was introduced in 2015 as a kind of revive for the old Colorado model that was, I think it was back in, what, back in 2006 or even earlier than that, I can't remember. Anyways, the old uh, Colorado was kind of... Well, boring and generic looking, and they decided to freshen it up. Well, now, the first Colorado that came out was kind of a smaller size, kind of like a, a tinier SUV, or not SUV, a tinier pickup truck, which, as it should have been. But, um, well, this one decided to receive a quite, quite an interesting refresh. So, without further ado, let us get on to the review, shall we? So to start off with, the Colorado um, received quite a big upgrade for it and uh, received a beefier stance. Now, while normally I'm all up for a bigger front end and a bigger stance, there are a few things that I do find glaringly problematic about this. It takes the um, Silverado approach of the large and very flat snowplow front end, along with a very small windshield. Now, the first thing that struck me with, especially after looking, sitting in one of their Blazer models that I recently sat through, and I might do another review of, um, the problem is, is that uh, you can't see shit out of any of the windows. And honestly, that seems to be a crowded trend with this thing. Now, it's already a smaller truck, so I can only imagine a smaller windshield with a larger front end would make it rather difficult to, um, well, see out the front end. But that being said, I can't say the car is horrible looking. I'm not going to say it stands out as amazing, but, you know, it's a decent refresh in that. I'm not the biggest fan of the uh, decision to go once again with appears to be the option of plastic side, but it's overall not bad for the fenders. But overall, the bumper's got, as long as we get the stripped-down option, it's got a painted front end. It's got the similar front end to the um, Silverado, which kind of blends the two together and makes it kind of meh, but yeah, what's going to do? It adopts the very jagged and very sharp-lined Silverado look that kind of made GM's pickup trucks kind of pick up a little bit more steam. But the problem is with Rams and that coming up, they're kind of struggling in some of these categories. So... Honestly, the exterior of the car ain't horrible. As far as the front end, it adopts, once again, like I said, that very boxy front end. The fenders, at least going to the front, have very much the standard sharp line front end. It's kind of outlining the bumper in a very 
boxy pattern. The boxy pattern continues all the way down the side and all the way down the rear fender. The tailgate ain't bad either, and honestly, it's not like I complain too much about that. Um, so overall, the pickup truck, just from the exterior, doesn't look horrible. I think, obviously, there are some things that need upgrade. To be honest, the um, sneak peeks I've seen of the uh, ZR packages looked a little bit more interesting than that. But to be honest, I think overall it's not bad. As far as the interior goes, and they've released a few, it looks to be snapshots of that as well, the interior ain't horrible, I guess I can say. Honestly, the problem is I've sat in Chevy's interiors as of recent. The problem is the materials are sorely lacking, to be honest. When I sat in the high-end trim line of their GM edition, it just, it just struck me as, I don't know, cheap. And even the interior of this thing kind of matches that seemingly motif a little bit. Honestly, the quality materials, there's nothing really revolutionary about the thing. It's got the cup holders down by the side, there's a glove box in the middle, just kind of the normal standard spot that pretty much they've had for the last 300 years, if you ask me. Now, I'm not looking for anything revolutionary, that's for dang sure. That's we've seen they've gotten some pretty crazy stuff before, but honestly, just kind of bland. There's nothing really standing out about the interior. Another gripe that um, somebody recently brought up to me is the interesting choice to use elongated touchscreens. I've known this has been around for a long time, but one person brought up a good point. The problem is with long touchscreens is that it makes it difficult to reach over and touch well, everything you need on the screen. Some people have said that the RAM pickup touch pickup truck screen where it goes kind of straight down it's probably the best option honestly looking at it i seem to agree but i can't really complain i'm still not a big fan of once again just kind of gluing the touch screen to the top of the dashboard i mean i'm working into the dashboard people it's a it's just a lazy choice in my opinion overall the um shifter knob is actually a real bloody shifter knob thank god for that stuff because to be honest it's been my biggest gripe is that turning knob thing well i don't mind it and it's good for some things i'm driving a pickup truck i want to kind of grab a gear not that i'm actually grabbing gears anymore but you know you get the idea as far as the steering wheel the front console goes it's kind of the standard issue general motors front, i don't know thing is there's nothing really standing out about it it looks like the similar uh steering wheel as you see in pretty much practically every option available for their chevy lineup it's not anything unique to be honest to speak of so overall though this is supposed to be a big refresh for the car, but honestly, the interior doesn't really stand as anything spectacular to me. I mean, it's just kind of, to be honest, just boring if you ask me. There's nothing really that stands out as a wow factor, but I guess it's a pickup truck. It does its job. For a mid-sized pickup truck, that to be honest, not many people spend a, plan to spend a boatloads of money on. It's just kind of a intermediate workhorse, if you will. The problem is, when Chevy's releasing their new Maverick and stuff like that, the problem is, is that, well... It makes it a little bit more problematic because you're trying to compete with a price point that is honestly hard to compete with. And I cannot say the Mavericks are anything spectacular. While they were interesting to look at when I first came out, they're not anything really fascinating. So I think if Chevy were to come out with the Colorado as a cheaper option and something maybe a little bit more basic but maybe catch up with the Maverick I think it wouldn't be the worst idea ever but you know overall I don't think it's the worst thing they've ever produced I question the interesting choice of the windshield design but you know honestly it's not horrible and with their new edition of the GMC model coming out which honestly for some of the sneak peeks I've seen of it looks pretty dang badass to be honest I can't say it's the worst thing ever now well, I say it's the best thing ever, new, at the end of the day, it still strikes the same problems that the original Colorado had. It, once again, does not really do anything, well, spectacular one form or the other. Is it a great off-road vehicle? Yeah, it's decent. Is it a good pickup truck? Yeah, it's decent. Is it a good passenger hauler? 
Yeah, it's decent. It hasn't really improved on anything yet. Has it improved pickup truck capabilities? No, not really. Does it have better passenger compartments? Eh, kind of, I guess. I mean, it's a little bit more comfortable, I guess, in some people's opinion. And does it do off-roading real well? Well, I haven't seen the new ZR in the off-road trail package or trail boss package for it. But so I haven't really said anything too much about that. That might be the big improvement for this thing. I don't think it's going to be in the pickup truck or the passenger or even the cost category. That's for dang sure. I think it's going to mostly be in your Trail Boss editions that uh, they've sneak peeked at and even the GMC models. Of the, I think that's the Avalanche, not the Avalanche. The, um, I can't remember. The GMC 8DX4, I think it is, that they're going to be coming out with. The uh, Colorado. I think that's probably the best bet for General Motors to actually make some decent money off of this car and actually produce a pretty good vehicle. So to be honest, what's my overall review of the car? Well, I can't say it's your best option if you're looking to buy a pickup truck, nor is it your cheaper option as, to be honest, if you can find one, you're kind of better off almost going with a Maverick if you can, like I said, locate one. But overall, like I said, it's not a horrible option if you're just looking for something to ride in between. But like I said, the problem is I don't think this is going to be enough to actually resurrect General Motors' ability to actually, you know, sell the vehicle. It's a good upgrade and it ain't horrible and it does have some big advantages, but the problem is it's just sort of lacking in just overall capabilities as far as well, anything is concerned. It doesn't really do anything spectacularly well, and to be honest, unless the ATX Trailbox Edition or the ATX4 from GMC actually does something spectacular, I can't see this actually making a big difference at least for the Colorado. So overall, what are my final review of it? I give it a okay out of all, all other options. It's an okay vehicle. If you're looking for something just kind of generic, I guess, maybe with the options to maybe upgrade to maybe a little bit off-road package, well, it might be the vehicle for you. But to be honest, if I were to give my personal opinion, if you're going to invest in a mid-sized pickup truck, go a little bit cheaper, maybe, I don't know, buy a Maverick. I mean, Bed size is about the same, a little bit smaller, I guess. Not that this tiny bed size do any good for you. I mean, passenger compartment may be a little bit bigger, but to be honest, there's just not big of an advantage to it. So overall, once again, car, okay. Not terrible, but okay. So anyways, with the uh, car review out of the way, and hopefully with the interesting facts coming up in the news segment, let's get on to the news, shall we? So to be honest, I have to start off with this article, because... Oh, Lord, I found it absolutely bloody hilarious. Because, to be honest, I could not think of anything else. To just, oh, good grief. There's an article on Motor Trend. Loving your car to death. Can you be buried in your favorite vehicle? Oh, my God. We used to make jokes about this when my me and my brothers were a kid that my dad had it with his Firebird was going to get buried in the dang thing. And, to be honest, I cannot say it's funny. But it's, it's oh, good grief. Um... Yeah, boy. Okay, there's a myth that going around there's a Cadillac coffin that was once hunted for by pop culture for decades, and the idea of being buried in a luxury car might seem like a one-off tribute. Um, but the twist of the tale of the Willys Taylors, or that I think that's what they call it, is actually based on a true story. Apparently, a guy actually ended up a uh, Chicago gangster and an off-top gambler was actually indeed laid six feet under in a bizarre coffin-sized replica of his automobile. It was not exactly as spectacular as people think. It's not an actual car, but to be honest, it isn't exactly uh, not either. It's actually kind of funny, too. Apparently, in 1973 as well, in 73, sorry, um, a guy also ended up being buried in his car as well. Honestly, 
Oh boy. I found it freaking hilarious how people would actually think to do this. But to be honest, it's like, okay, you're buried in your car. But what good has it done you, my friend? I get you love the car, but I don't know. You feel like you're you died, so you decided to suicide the car along with you, my friend. What the heck's wrong with you? Okay, if you anybody was thinking like, oh, I'm just gonna be buried in my car. I mean, honestly, if you die, doesn't mean the car has to go along with you. It's like one of them. Well, if I die, you're coming with me type things. It's like, God, bloody hell. Oh, another rather funny news. Um, <laughs> I can't laugh without looking at this car. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, in 2024, Genesis GV90 will embody a three-row SUV. Um. This the oh good grief. Um. I don't know if this is a preliminary sketch or if this is what they're actually releasing, but apparently it's some kind of Superman-esque friend. This thing. I've seen this going around before in the G90s and that, but by God, does it look even hideouser in an electric? Where it's just a just a stagnant front end. It looks like complete and utter garbage but to be honest it's not exactly the well no it is pretty dang ugly it's like some kind of like if superman kind of had a symbol just plastered to this like a superman mobile if you will it's just weird looking but my god maybe when they actually release the actual car it will not be this bloody bad but the illustrator for it they actually just kind of follow the contours of the original g90 front end and if it's anything like this my god it's going to be ugly as all heck and other better news than that, in 2023, Ford Bronco and the Bronco Sport will announce new Heritage Editions. And to be honest, the pictures I've seen of them are indeed, well, Heritage Editions. The Bronco has pretty much been stylized by the fact that they've pretty much just followed the retro pattern. But to be honest, they've done a darn good job of it. To be honest, this is just a retro Ford. This is just a red Ford with the white pinstripe, with the double pinstripe, with the cursive Bronco logo, with the white front end, the white top and that. And it does look pretty dang cool. There will be two heritage per Bronco. And apparently, um, there's also a yellow version as well. So basically, a yellow and a red version. And overall, they actually look pretty dang cool, to be honest. I actually kind of like them. And I Honestly, if I add a little bit of money in my pocket, which unfortunately, as you may find out, is um, unfortunately not quite an option for me, but I would buy one for sure. In fact, even in the interior, they have like a plaidish, not in your face plaid, except if you get the blue, but the tan plaid is just kind of like a retro seat from like the 80s and that. It's actually kind of freaking cool, actually, if you look at it. Now, I'm, I'm not a big fan of 80s and in 80s cars by any means, but um, honestly, the interior, though, looking over it does work for me. Um, I cannot say it's my favorite part of the car, but, um, if I were to suggest you buy it, you buy it in a brown, because it doesn't quite hit you in the face with it. If you want to get an idea of what the interior looks like, and don't feel like looking at a picture, kind of just picture an 80s car, and just kind of picture what would be the craziest interior in the thing, and that's what they decided to put in. I cannot say it's the smartest choice, it's kind of like a, I don't know, I can't see 80s, 70s or 80s, like, 70s more like it. To be honest, it's not the worst idea, I suppose, but, um... Yeah, if I were eyes, you get to get it in the brown. It's not quite in your face about the fact it's like the striped, weird, lined, fuzzy plaid or whatever it is. I'm not quite sure what to describe it as. But honestly, though, as far as the rest of the car goes, it ain't bad. I actually really, really love the exterior of the car. Honestly, I was a little leery when they said they were coming out with this. But to be honest, it really does work for the vehicle. I was pleasantly surprised, honestly. And if I wasn't for the fact I was currently working on a another project of mine, I would honestly consider buying it. Because the interior does leave a little duty to be desired. If you get the brown, it's not quite like in your face, but the exterior is absolutely brilliant. And finally, in other rather comedic news out there in the world, I just received a big shock. I didn't know this, but apparently... The man who does his damnedest to ruin car driving itself, Ralph Nader, 
He's still alive. And he's apparently fuming from their face. He is mad as all hell, because apparently no one is above the laws of manslaughter, as he quotes. That's right, the man who managed to kill the Chevy Corbair is now after Tesla's self-driving software, claiming it needs to instantly be pulled by the NHTSA from all Teslas. And a rather fervent end. Well, Ralph Nader's quote, Tesla's major development of so-called full self-driving FSD technology is one of the most dangerous and irresponsible actions taken by a car company in decades. Tesla should never have put this technology in any vehicle. Now over 100,000 Tesla owners are currently using technology that research shows manufacturers every eight minutes. Yes, I can picture that's exactly how we said it, because, honestly, it's Ralph Nader. Oh, Lord, I didn't realize Ralph Nader was still alive. Now, honestly... Looking it over, it actually ain't entirely wrong the way he's putting it. Tesla self-driving cars are not indeed actually self-driving, as many people are mistaken. They are partially self-driving, but not quite fully. You still need to have the driver's attention. To me, full self-driving is you turn the car on, put it in a destination, and you drive it away. I'm not the biggest fan of this notion, but honestly, I can see where it could be useful, especially if you're an older fella with compromised driving capabilities, if you will. So, honestly, while I cannot say it's the worst thing ever, I can honestly say, Ralph Nader, my friend, you are somehow still managing to attempt to ruin the car world as we know it today. I cannot say I'm a huge fan of Tesla, as I've slated a few times before. But honestly, Mr. Nader, I can clearly tell you, you are absolutely off your gourd if you think this is going to somehow cause a $100,000 car, or $100,000, well, they are 100,000. Anyways, 100,000 cars do somehow careen off the road and murder people by the thousands. No, people, my friend, manslaughter is not the issue here. In fact, to be honest, out of all the cars out there for self-driving capabilities, other than maybe Chevrolet, it's one of the few I'd honestly trust to honestly turn on and kind of relax a bit while behind the wheel. All other car systems, to be honest, make me kind of nervous because I don't exactly trust them 100 But Tesla is one of the few that, to be honest, when I get behind the wheel, I feel like I can flip that little switch on and kind of relax a bit. Uh, Mr. Nader... My friend, I'd advise you stick to the retirement home and uh, try not to give too many interviews because uh, I don't. I can't say I would. I could say you're going senile, but um, well, Mr. Nader, you've always been this way. Anyways, finally and without further ado, in more personal news. I almost killed my Firebird. Yep, I finally got the dang thing running, got it back from the garage, took it back home, and um, proceeded to instantly kill the darn thing. Apparently, I need a new tumbler for the inside of my key because, well, one should not be able to pull the key out from the ignition upon driving the vehicle. But, you know, well, after a new tumbler comes in, we'll see what happens. But anyways, I suppose that does it for the news for today, as well as my personal news as well. Mr. Nader, if you are out there and somehow listening to my rants and its insanity, just to let you know, I don't think Tesla's going to listen to you, and I don't think you're going to be able to kill this thing like the Corvair. But if you are, honestly, well, I guess the only thing I can say is kudos to you, I guess, because, well, Eli must try to ruin his own company, I guess, in some ways. <laughs> Anyways, I thank you all for listening to my podcast and my rants and ravings and that. I got some big news coming up in the future that um, I hope you all get excited about and I hope you all listen to. Um, I appreciate a like and subscribe, a review, anything you can do to, well, get my podcast out there. Please, I would appreciate it also if you could spread the good news to all your friends and neighbors about my rants of insanity. I hope to continue to improve the quality of this podcast so that... You all can continue to listen to my sultry voice, scream and yell at the mic about automotive vehicles, or simply laugh at, well, Ralph Nader.
Anyways, I wish you all a great day and a wonderful night. Goodbye, my friends. Thank <laughs> you.